Welcome everyone to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione, and we are getting ready for Worlds. I can't believe it's here, uh, but it is, and so we got to go through all those events and, and get everybody prepared, and you need to go get your tickets, and we'll make sure you tell, tell you how to do that, because you won't want to miss these events, and there's a lot of them. But welcome, guys. How's, how's your weekend? How are we doing? Uh Good. I enjoyed my last bit of relaxation before absolute chaos. Yeah. So, <laughs> August yeah, is... August gets crazy. I was hoping for some relaxation as well, but my lovely husband booked us a tournament to run on Saturday during a heat wave. So it was outdoors and really fun. <laughs> <laughs> you sound you sound very convincing that it was, it was <laughs> awesome and so much fun. Uh, you know what? It's one of those things where I wasn't particularly happy about it, but then we raised over like eight grand for this really small town fire station. So you're like, okay, you got to just suck it up and do it for the greater good. But no, definitely not the way I wanted to spend my Saturday and my only weekend off. But here, here we are. Congratulations. At least your heart feels good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just, yeah, August, we're gonna have the world championships. And then I just found out that I am going to be going to Paris for the uh, Europe Open. So I will nice. be going. So that's the good news. You want to know the bad news? I fly directly from Spencer McKenzie's in Ventura to Paris. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> because I like to torture myself. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't pass yeah. up a trip to Paris either. I think I would suck it up no matter what, just because that's one of the places that I absolutely want to go. So I can get I can get on board with that. I yeah. did see a little no, something I mean, floating around. Was it Tony Smith was going to be at the Paris Open? Was that the one? Tony Smith will be there. Trey Burchill will be there. I believe Hunter Thorne is going to be there. So you got, nice. some, you got some shooters out there. Nice. I almost met up with those boys. I was I was in Los Angeles this past weekend. We squeezed in our uh, our family vacation between all the rest of the stuff that Trey's booked me for. You know what do we have, Mish? Like five five yeah. weekends in a row. This was the only weekend open before Worlds. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Thanks to um, the Hunter Thorn for for brokering. Uh, I was going to pull up to Sham's house and just say what's up and check it out. But um, you know, I, I was deep. I had I had uh, the whole crew there with me, so it just didn't seem right to pull up with a minivan full of people like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. We're ready to crash your house. So, so I didn't end up showing up, but thanks. Thanks to him for, uh, for setting it up. That'd have been cool to, to check out airmail city uh, in person. Absolutely. That is uh that's definitely the fun place to go. So maybe get an invite someday without the family. So you don't have to roll up with a minivan deep. People. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. The first event we're going to talk about is the playoffs preview that is going to be the quarterfinals are going to be 9 a.m. Eastern on Sunday, July 30th. That'll be on ACL Cornhole TV. The American Division semifinal will be 9 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, July 30th on CBS Sports Network. And the National Division semifinal will be 9 p.m. Eastern Monday, the 31st on CBS Sports Network. And then the finals will be on the 1st of August, Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, also on CBS Sports Network. Trey, what do you got? Yeah, so it's the playoffs. So like the first kind of true playoff system that we've had with pro teams, right? Everything before, everybody made it last year and uh, kind of felt sort of like an exhibition. But this year it was, you know, a full season of people competing and playing, trying to get into into the finals. So like 
we have the bracket here that, that we, we can see here. Um, a couple things stand out to me. One is with first with the number one seed kind of in that American division was the, is the Pennsylvania Ringers. We looked at the Pennsylvania Ringers coming out of the kickoff battle and they were 0-3. They started their season 0-3 led by Devin Harbaugh. And now they have completely bounced things around. They're the number one seed going into the playoffs. They finished the year 10-2. and 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 they'll take on the Carolina Coasters, who, you know, have had uh, had a had kind of like a almost kind of an opposite uh, turn of events, right? They they had a really strong start to the season, but not as great of a follow up. Now, part of that was losing Trevor Brooks. You lose one of your top three captains on your team. You have to fill that in. But now they're going to get to play in front of a home crowd, which is what I'm excited about, right? Everybody in that building. There's going to be a lot of Coasters fans, right? Being from the, you know, the Rock Hill area and living here and seeing how many people are pretty passionate about their Carolina players, the Coasters will have a strong fan base. So for me, I think that's a really intriguing matchup. I'll jump over to the national side too. Another really intriguing matchup for me is the Missouri Mays and the California Slingers, partially because I said both of these teams weren't going to be any good. <laughs> well, after I looked at their draft, and both of them, both of them were like, "Yeah, uh, hold my beer, real quick." So um, I've been really, really impressed by both of these teams. Obviously, the Missouri Mays, led by Ryan Windsor, and the California Slingers, led by Tony Smith. I think a lot of people—I uh, won't speak for everybody—I thought coming out of the draft, I didn't like some of the selections. I didn't like how some of the things. Uh, laid out, but ultimately they have just absolutely played at an exceptionally high level. And now we're talking about both these teams having a chance. Well, we're guaranteed one of these teams to at least make the semifinals with obviously a chance to get into that pro teams world championship final. So, um, you know, really excited to watch uh, all the various players uh, and, and how they compete. And it'll be cool to get these on broadcast this year, right? To see how, teams compete i expect the energy to be really high and really intense now that we're into the playoffs because we're talking hundreds of thousand dollars on the line and um you know for some of these players a chance to get a, a title for a world championship absolutely anthony anything you want to add there about teams yeah i was just kind of looking at so we're talking about 105 game seasons right if you do the math everybody plays 15 teams times seven matches so you have 105 game season. So I was kind of just looking at the overall record versus where they were sitting within the rankings. So you're like you were saying, your number one ranked team with the ringers, they went 59 and 47. So that's 13 games over 500. You're talking about a 56% winning or winning percentage, which isn't crazy. I mean, it's not like we had a, a team that was, you know, like the, the 73 and nine golden state warriors back in 2016, or even the, the 72 and 10, uh, bills, you know, so you're talking about or, or bulls, those teams go almost 90% winning. So it was pretty, I mean, they weren't really separated by much. So I was kind of just looking at that big picture and right out of the gate, your ringers versus the coasters, the coasters are much better than their overall ranking says, you know, they went 58 and 47. They had the second most wins in the entire, uh, in the entire league and end up pulling the number one ranked team. So I think that ringers coasters match is going to be your toughest one right out of the gate. Just kind of looking at that one there, but you got to say, I mean, I'm looking at uh, uh, Harbaugh's team, you know, the number one team ringers. If you kind of look at it, I think obviously his number one pick was huge. 
getting a Justin Burton Jr. who ended up coming out winning, you know, both the singles and doubles at national number one. But if you go down the list, Jacob Foreman, you know, I, I wouldn't say that he's worse than last year, but we saw him a little bit more deep. We saw him more on broadcasts. You know, you got a Tubby Cobb and Adrian Brunson as his, let's see, his fourth pick who's coming out of the PDC. Not a whole lot. David Ryan, not a whole lot. Gage Landis made a little bit of noise. Trey Hunt was injured all season. So it's kind of interesting. I, I'd be, you know, if we were to interview Harbaugh and get more about the dynamics of how his team was successful, because on paper, I'm looking at this team going, how the heck were they the number one ranked team in the league when you go down the list and it wasn't like every player was blowing up this season. So just kind of an observation there. Um, freeze versus aviators. Um, this one makes sense. This was a B plus rating for me against a B uh, rating coming out of the gate. You have a nine and six going against a 10 and five. But if you look at their overall records, they're separated by one game. You got a 56 and 49 team in the freeze going against a 47 and 48 team in the aviator. So one game difference between those two. So again, I think you have a super, super close, close game. The national, the national side seems a little bit weaker to me. You actually have a seven and eight team in the slingers. So they have a losing record making the playoffs. I thought that was interesting. Only 49 wins, 56 losses. This is Tony Smith, Corey Gilbert and Nick Williams team out of Cal or the Cali slingers. So interesting that they slipped into the uh, slipped into the playoffs and they're going to have their hands full with the Missouri Mays, who I gave a C plus came in out of the gate. So Ryan Windsor pulled together a really good team in the draft. Definitely proved me wrong. You know, these guys are sitting, you know, at the top of the National League right now going into the uh, into the playoffs at 53 and 52. So if you look at on paper, they should they should handle the slingers, the slingers pretty well. And then the burn. You kind of got an average team versus an average team. If you look at the overall rankings, nine and six, eight and seven. Uh, however, burn as well, a team that goes nine and six, but 56 wins. So that's telling me they had probably some pretty, some pretty, I don't know. How, how does that play out? You have some, some blowouts and then maybe some close wins to how that, how that math works out, but definitely much better than their nine and six rankings. They're, they're going to be a, a favorite going in against the Texas bully baggers there. All right, interesting stuff. Uh, the next event that we want to look at is the Pro Shootout Championship. The quarterfinals and semifinals will be Tuesday, the 1st of August at 3 p.m. Eastern on ACL TV. The finals will be Thursday, the 3rd at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Uh, tickets for all these events that we're talking about are available for purchase between $10 and $20. I know they're selling out fast, so don't, don't wait around to get these tickets. Um, and you can get them on the ACL website, iplaycornhole.com. Just go click World Championships and you'll find them there. Uh, but let's talk about women's first, Trey. Yeah, so this one's this one's interesting. And, and part of it because uh, it's interesting because I really think there's one theme. And the theme is who's going to beat Cheyenne Bubenheim, <laughs> right? So um, she's won this two years in a row. She's been the number one female two years in a row. She's a women's singles world champion. She's the highest ranked female. I mean, literally any accolade, everything tells me that Cheyenne's going to win this thing, right? So what, 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 how do I get in front of her? Well, I put her partner against her, right? So let's see Sarah Cassidy um, and see if she can excel at maybe the level that she was throwing maybe in 2021 and 2022, not as much as what we've seen this year. But we know Sarah Cassidy has it, 
right? She has the ability to throw at a really high level. And I think these two going against one another will give us a good show in that first game. Now, I think the four versus five matchup here in women's singles is one of the most interesting because I think if you were to seed these top to bottom one through eight, you may put these to these women in the six through eight category, but based on when they win, they get each other as a first round bye. If you told me Lori Duell or Gina Ramirez would make it to the pro shootout semifinals, I think everybody would say that that sounds like a good win for either one of those two ladies. So I'm kind of interested to see how that works. Now that again, if Cheyenne can get past Sarah, I think that does play again for her to get into the finals. So, I mean, I think she, I really still like Cheyenne's path to the finals. And of course, who's on the other end as the number two seed is Sam Finley, right? It could be that we see back to back to back pro shootout women's singles championships, the Cheyenne Bubenheim versus Samantha Finley. And I don't know how much I'd complain about it. They're two of the best females in the world. Does Sam finally get over the hump here or is it three years in a row? Now, I do think the bottom half of this bracket is much more of a coin flip, okay? Yeti is gaining confidence. She is someone that can put a lot of bags in the hole. Streaker, we know, can play at a high level. And if she can, you know, play at a high level, sometimes she doesn't do that so much on the broadcast court. If she can prevent bags from going off the back of the board, she's going to be a threat. And we always know Cameron Belvin is going to be a, a threat in these pro shootout championships in any event in totality. Now, Cameron Belvin expecting her first child. So congratulations on that front. I have no idea how that's going to affect her, 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 you know, her play in the sport long term. I don't know if it's going to affect her in the short term. It's just something to keep an eye on as she heads into, you know, these world championships and especially this pro shootout championship. So as someone that's been pregnant, I will tell you that definitely the hardest part is the fatigue. <laughs> that's, you know, the, the, thank God it's round limited. Let me just say that. Uh, Anthony, you want to yes. talk the, uh, the men's side of things? Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment on the women's. It's unfortunate that Bubenheim and Cassidy have to go head to head right out of the gate, the one verse eight. Um, you know, I think that's that's something that if we had an actual seating, that would be separated out a little bit. But hey, Gina Ramirez, how crazy would that story be? We're talking about a girl that was pulled up from the minor leagues, you know, like March, and then two months later, she's winning a shootout on national TV with a walk-off airmail. So I love that storyline a ton. And you talked about the round limited format, single elimination, anything is possible. Um, I agree with you, Trey, out of the bottom. It's just, um, you called it a coin flip. I think that the bottom is much more competitive. I can't get out of my mind how well Samantha Finley did in the shootout final of her match um, to win that one. So I kind of like her coming out of the bottom against the Cheyenne Bubenheim in, in that women's. But on the men's side in singles, um, yeah, Ryan Hart threw out of his mind at the last shootout. So you talk about a one verse eight. I think Kyle Malone's going to have his hands full, not just from a skills perspective, what Ryan Hart brought to the game. He had all the shots, but just the confidence. He had the mental side of the game figured out. I would not say Kyle Malone has this locked up and it's a layout. I think Ryan Hart gives him a run for his money. And the same could be said for Chris Kingsbury. He had like a rough two, three rounds. Uh, to start that off, I think he was just working through some of the nerves and then just went gas for like seven straight rounds. So Mark Richards also, I wouldn't say you look at that and go, oh, this is a, is a for sure win. That bottom's going to be tough. I really like <laughs> how competitive the bottom is going to be. You throw Matt Guy into this three-man 
dirty game, this rollback style, the Smith, Hamilton, Cano is going to be an absolute battle. Um, I think that one of those three guys come out of the bottom. We've just seen how Matt Guy struggles in this format, but it's Matt Guy. So who knows? Um, I don't know. That's kind of my take on that one. But if I if I was going to say, you know, a finals, um, I think Mark Richards is playing so well right now. And I, I'm going to I'm going to go with like a, a Fisher Hamilton just because he seems uh, to have been proven in this format and really coming in with so much confidence. What does he have, Mish, now like maybe three or four TV broadcasts under his belt now? He's racking yeah, them up. Yeah, and the first few were were messy, so it's like he's he's figured it out. I think that's what what really shows is in his confidence. Is like at first it was a struggle, but now I got it, and that's yep. dangerous for sure. Um, all right, Trey, anything to add to men's singles before you roll into doubles? Real quick, I think it's a Mark Richards bracket. Look at the top, the seedings of pro singles standings at the top. Number one, number twenty-two, number sixty-eight, and number sixty-nine. Yes. At the bottom, you have number two, number 10, number 16, and number 26, right? That's very, the, it's not an even scale there. Very, right. very bottom heavy. Absolutely. And what about doubles? All right. So looking into doubles, this one, I don't know if it's just doubles in general, but I have looked at this bracket probably eight times. And I think I pick a different winner every single time. <laughs> I mean, it really just depends on who's hot this day. Right. Well, and, and you got storylines all, all over the place. Right. So let's look over at Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfeld versus Jimmy McGovern, Damon Dennis. That's a, that's a rematch of the first pro shootout of the season. I don't know if you guys remember Ryan Wiedenfeld came out in the first round of that game and scored six. Yep. And then it felt like the rookie, all the pressure came off of him. I'm up 6-0 in the first round. Now we just need to coast to the, through the rest of the matchup. And so I really think we don't get that exact same thing in the in the rematch, right? It's going to be much more of a bout in between these, a little bit more back and forth. And we'll see how Wiedenfeld can handle that level of pressure this time on this pro shootout stage. Um, I'm looking for Hisner and Henderson. They always, they always know how to play strategic games, and you get them – on a broadcast, on a live stream court where they can be strategic. And I think that's always going to play into their favor. And I just want to see if Hunter Thorne can, can play at a high level like he did where he made both the singles and doubles final in his shootout, ultimately why him and Tony Smith are here. Modlin and Bubenheim versus Ruben and Powell feels like a coin flip to me. Both teams can run bags at an exceedingly high rate and pair it with a nasty airmail. Very similar teams in my mind, right? To me, it just feels like who's hot then. If I had to lead anyway, I'd probably go Ruben Power just because I haven't seen much consistency out of Frank Maudlin over these past couple months. If there's one matchup that I feel like is, is more heavily skewed, it's got to be Burton Jr. and Chamberlain. I feel like they're going to be a heavy favorite, maybe to win the whole thing. They go up against a, 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 an odd pairing in Almanza and Frazier. Remember, they played outside. They played against a guy team that was not good at all on TV. Felt like they kind of fell into it in a way, into that win. And now they're going to have to go against a super powerhouse team in Burton Jr. and Chamberlain. So uh, if anything, I think Burton Chamberlain got to be the favorites out of the bottom. And, man, I, I feel like it's a coin flip near the top. Absolutely. Anthony. What do you think? I love 
I love the rematch here. The one verse eight, that was our shootout number one. Um, the Ryans absolutely balled out. Um, you know, McGuffin and Dennis definitely struggled on that one, but then came back and got the very last one. I love the rematch right out of the gate. If we were talking about the four or five, you know, who's coming in hot. We know Thorne and Smith are trending up really, really hard. Cody Henderson playing really, really well this season as well as Hisner. But I think who's coming in hot right now, it's going to be Thorne and Smith. I think they get that one. You got your modeling Bubenheim Ruben power matchup. To me, that is a coin flip. But the difference to me, I think, is going to be bag selection. There's definitely comfort with modeling and, and, and Bubenheim. They have figured out what bag they're going to throw together as a partnership. We saw in the last shootout, Ruben and Power still couldn't figure it out. They changed bags in the finals, you know, in one of their matchups in that one as well. And that might have been the open, but I can't remember if it was open or shootout. You can see the struggle they're having with the bags. I think that's going to be the difference in it. Burton Jr. and Chamberlain are just too good right now to, to even think that Almanza and Fraser could come out and win this one. Can they? Yes. Shootout format, single elimination. It's anyone's game, but Burton Jr. and uh, and Chamberlain just too, too good to not take that win there. The next event to uh, look at is going to be our Super Hole uh, we that is going to be Friday on the 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. We can go through the teams now. We have a returning Trey Birchfield and Shamar Moore. He got COVID last season. Uh, Shamar Moore did was right. That's why he wasn't able to make it. So we're going to have them join us this season. Uh, we got Yeti Irwan and Kel Mitchell. We have Noah Almanza and Alexander Madison, Tubby Cobb and Krissa Jackson, Logan Chamberlain and Chad Ochocinco. Jeremy Shermerhorn and Stephen Thompson, AJ Sims and Paige Hathaway, and Moses Azueta and Sonia Richards-Ross. Trey, what can you tell us about the uh, Super Bowl? All right. So this, uh, I, I, look, this is plain and simple. This is Shamar Moore's show, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. This, is, this has got to be his, his show. And all eyes are going to be on him. He has a Mecca in his backyard, right? I mean, this is, <laughs> this is his show. And he's it doesn't seem fair, honestly. Like, who else on this list? Except for, like, Chad Ochocinco, just with his sheer will to win, <laughs> might, might be well, it. <laughs> Right. So, 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 and again, I think that's the theme. I think the theme of my the show, as I'm thinking through this, that Anthony's going to have to figure out what the open theme is when he starts going through his broadcast notes is like, it's Shamar Moore and who's going to take it from it. Yeah. Right. So if I look down this list and, and I, I think through it, is it, could it be Ocho Cinco? Now what's the recipe for Ocho Cinco to beat Shamar Moore? The recipe is Ocho Cinco needs to be in the center of the board, needs to be blocking everything up. Got to hope Shamar Moore can't hit some airmails, which he, 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 his backyard's airmail city. He's probably going to hit a couple <laughs> airmails. But we're playing the odds game here. We're blocking it up. And then Logan Chamberlain beats up a little bit on Trey Birchfield, right? So that's that's the recipe if I'm looking for something. We don't know how Kel Mitchell is going to throw. By the way, 90s kid, Keenan and Kel, Kel Mitchell. I'm a little bit starstruck right now. <laughs> um, good I'm with you I've seen... I've seen Good Burger 8,000 times in my life. So, um, and then Madison, Alexander Madison, if you remember that final, or that semifinal against Scott Porter, he had to put, he had to throw a 10 in yes. order to stay alive. And he did, right? We're not talking about playing a 21. Playing a 21, Shamar Moore is going to wipe the floor with everybody in this one on the celebrities. But in a round limited format, you got to throw five rounds. 
can you get by only giving up five points to Shamar Moore and hope the pro on the other end scores more than five? That's got to be the goal as we go in through here. Krista Jackson is a basketball influencer. You, I mean, you see the tricks that she can do. Something tells me she's going to pick up on spinning a bag pretty quickly like Dawn Staley did last year. And if she can do that, she's coordinated enough. Might be someone that that that, that can give a run there. Um, we don't know how Stephen Wonderboy Thompson from the UFC is going to be. So it's possible, right? It's possible, but... Look, if I'm a betting man, it's 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 Shamar Moore against the world in this one. Agreed, Anthony. Yeah, I would agree, and that it's because of who we lost. So we have four uh, Super Bowl champions from this year that won't be returning. We got Justin Turner, Tim Settle Jr., Vinny G, and Aaron Jones. And in there, it was Justin Turner and Tim Settle Jr. that I think would have given Shamar Moore the most competition. You take them out. And now you're right. It is the Shamar Moore show. I would have said Tim Settle Jr. I've been feeling Tim Settle Jr. winning this thing the whole season. The dude had an insane flat bag. I haven't done the count, but if you go back and say he, he hit 40% of his airmail in that, I would believe you. And he shot a bunch. I bet he shot at least eight airmail in one match. And he was he was smacking them. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be the Shamar Moore show. We don't know what these other four look like. Um, but I'm excited to see. And if Shamar Moore makes a run and just dominates through the whole thing, I think that would be a pretty cool storyline and, and to see how that play out as well. I think if he doesn't, like, that's that's like a problem. <laughs> that's a big problem for him. <laughs> you have that. I think, I, th I think it depends on how it happens, though, if, it were to, if, if something were to happen, right? I mean, okay. Fair I don't enough. think he's going to go out there and throw poorly, but if like Ocho Cinco hits 12 in a row or something weird like that, you got to yeah. think, I think that's a different direction, right? I I, I don't know. You I, know, it's not even just Shamar Moore. It's the fact that he's playing with Trey Birchfield. So you look at that list and it's like, these guys have already played, who knows how many doubles matches together. They're very comfortable with each other. They might even have their own language as a partnership because they yeah. played together so they're much. They're like a so, real pro double team. Yes. They're coming in with tons of chemistry. They know each other. Uh, you know, there could be some bad chemistry there. So that is going to be a huge factor as well. It's true. It's true. Next up, we got the pro doubles championship preview. The bracket play is going to be Thursday, August 3rd at 10 a.m. Eastern on ACL TV. The semifinals and finals will be Saturday, uh, August 5th at 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Trey, why don't you take us through the first bracket A? Bracket A. So this is your number one team in the world. This is Tony Smith and Jacob Trzinski. And to me, it's it's their, I mean, it's gonna sound stupid to say, but it's their bracket to lose. Um, you know, I look through this in their top quadrant. Um, I'm looking at someone trying to get in their way. Storm Hogan, Matt Stout, eh, maybe. Jimmy McGuffin and Damon Dennis have been throwing well recently. Now, stylistically, it would require McGuffin and Dennis putting a lot of airmails in, okay? If if Trzinski and Smith uh, block, mess around too much, don't consistently put some slide bags in, I think they may could get in trouble. But for the most part, Smith and Trzinski feel like they can handle that. Now, coming out of that bottom section – is it a Duncan Clemmer and Noah Almanza? It was just two years ago that we saw Duncan Clemmer have a historic run at the World Championships. 
the legendary stovepipe, right? Does he have some of that magic still when we talk about playing here in Rock Hill? Brett Guy and Eric Davis have made runs in um, at, at these world championships. Remember, they made in 2021 the Pro Doubles World Championship semifinal. They lost on that game-winning airmail by Tyler Poitras in legendary fashion, but they've been there, so they stand in their way. Trey Birchfield and Alex Rawls in the top right section of this bracket, opposite of Smith and Trzinski. We always know who Birchfield and Rawls are, right? Maybe a little bit of disappointment this year that we haven't seen them be a top five team. But if you look at the odds, right, on Birchfield and Rawls, if you said at the the beginning of the season, Anthony, that these guys were going to win one bracket across the Nationals and the World Championships, you probably would have bet a lot of money on it, would you not have? Facts. So if that still stands, they feel like it's almost like it's their time, right? The problem is they're going to have to go through the number one team in the country to do it. Only other team I think that kind of could possibly get in the way, Allen Rawls and Chris Kings Kingsbury, we know that they are going to methodically push through people and wear them down. Can they do it in this bracket? I don't know, but it, hey, they'll be there. Anthony. Yeah, I mean Trey. Trey covered it pretty well. Um, I mean, I was just kind of going through the right side as you were talking. <clears throat> you know, you've got uh, Allen and Mendelssohn. Not going to happen. Uh, Ryan and Ryan. Nah, they haven't really lived up to what I thought they could do this year. Belvin Altice. Like, yeah, there's not much. You you said it. Rawls Kingsbury gonna gonna be the the biggest competition. We saw them make made a, a. They were one game away from making TV at the shootout. I thought they played really really well. Um, but there's not much really, really impressed with what I saw with Jaime Sanchez this year. AJ Sims, I think, is, you know, going to bring his muscle on that side of the partnership. Can Sanchez bring his side? And he kind of has. If San- Sanchez can just bring a little bit more out, maybe they uh, they come out. But I agree. This one's going to be pretty much all chalk with Kingsbury and Rawls challenging that one. Why don't you take us through B, Anthony? All right, B, let's take a look. What do we got here? Number one. Uh, we got our back-to-back champs. Number one seed here in B is going to be Grindersleeve and Batson. Just kind of going down their side. <clears throat> Lopez Ballard, ne- negative. Uh, Wooten Thorne. Um, it's all about Wooten, and we saw him throw some pretty good bags uh, the la- at the last tournament. Uh, he's going to have to keep up with Thorne's play right now. Thorne's playing out of his mind. W- Streaker Finley, you know, they, they, they seem to make deep runs every once in a while. If they bring their good stuff... How cool would that be to get a, a female, you know, a woman-woman matchup, an all-woman matchup to come out of that side? But they're going to have their hands full. I, I just don't see Graham Guy. Now, Jamie Graham going back to his old throw. Um, this season, we've been seeing the wounded duck. <clears throat> you know, I've actually broken down that new swing quite a bit side-by-side uh, side with uh, where his new swing is. Um, and I love that he's changing it up. Uh, basically, what he was getting, he was gaining an airmail, on his new swing, losing a push bag. Uh, and you got this kind of wobbly thing coming out. He's going back to his 2020 technique. I think that's going to be a huge factor. I know he's grinding it right now. If he can come into Worlds with that thing on point, I think that he's going to be tough. He was in a tournament last weekend. He threw 10-plus, changing his swing. He just changed his swing, and he came out of the tournament with a 10-plus. So that tells me that he can be he can be competitive there. If we go over to the right side, number two seed, Shermerhorn Neistead. Who's going to challenge them? Kind of working my way down. You got Power Rubin. Again, the bag, <clears throat> the, the bag, the lack of chemistry in the bag is going to be a factor. 
the world champs come out and repeat, it's not likely, right? I mean, I just don't see that happening where they're at right now. Hisner Henderson going to be their next biggest competition. Camden Baldwin just not getting it done this year as a partnership. A, a hot Sutton Frazier, I just don't see it happening. And, and then the way Shermerhorn and Neistat are playing right now together, this kind of feels like Grindersley Batson are just going to run this bracket again. What do you think, Trey? Yeah, anything to add before C? My only comment would be, this is a possible path for Grindersley Batson right now. PDC team, Wooten Thorne, Stranger Reynolds, Graham Guy, then either Hisner Henderson, Shermerhorn Neistat, or Ruben Power. It's not easy. Uh, I think they can get tested here. It's really hard to win three in a row. Nobody's ever done it. Fair, fair point. All right, what about C? All right, C, this is Burton Jr. and Chamberlain. Okay, so they're our number one seed here. If I look in their top left section, Corey Gilbert and Ricky Gonzalez have been stroking recently. Now, they gonna be enough to, if they're going to be enough Maybe. to take them down, I don't think so, but they have been throwing really well. Holland and Boyer, man, I, I think this is Burton Jr. And, and Chamberlain, at least through their quarters, with yes. rel relative simplicity. Now, however, I think this is where it starts to heat up. In C, in the bottom left-hand court, you have Foreman and Creek Killer, as well as Gore and Gore, okay? So to get through the winner's semifinal, they're going to have to beat probably one of those two teams, neither one of which is a slouch, both of which have the potential to win an entire bracket. So I don't want to play either one of those teams. So that's someone you got to watch out for if you're Burton Chamberlain. Then we go on the other side, and my goodness, you have Hamilton and Cano. You have a top five team. So you drew, you drew the five seed there overall in the pro division. That's brutal. You have Modlin and Bubenheim who, yes, haven't lived up to maybe as high as expectations as we had, but we know the level that they can throw. On top of that, in the bottom half of that right section, Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfeld already won a bracket this year. Dylan Turpin and Caleb Franklin already won a bracket this season. So you have, as far as bracket winners, one, two, I, Hamilton and Cano have won a bracket. If they haven't, they should have. I'm counting them as three. Burton Jr. at four. And then uh, Foreman and Creek Killer, Gorn Gore, again, you could argue in that bracket winning mentality. So if I'm looking at this, I have five, maybe six teams in this bracket that have the potential to win the entire bracket. And I think because of that, your C bracket is your toughest doubles bracket. Anthony, anything to add before we get into D? Yeah, the only thing to add is uh, the thing with our number one and number two seeds is I'm going to get two A players. I'm going to get Burton Jr. and Chamberlain, two A players. Hamilton, Cano, two A players. The rest of the teams that Trey mentioned are definitely the ones that are going to give you resistance. But you kind of have an A and a B player. I know what I'm going to get out of Creek Killer Foreman. Where are you at? Can he step up to that A level? Jackson Gore this season as an A player. We know Jake has been killing it. Been seeing a lot of improvement in Jackson Gore. He could come out and be that AA combo uh, to give them some 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 uh, some action. Ryan Wiedenfeld, I would have come into the season saying he was going to be an A player, but Ryan, you know Ryan Smith definitely carrying the weight there. Is Wiedenfeld going to step up as an A player? Same thing with Turpin Franklin. I know Turpin's going to be the A player. Can Franklin pick up his game 
to be the A player. That's going to be the difference. You need that second player in those partnerships to step up their game with A quality play. I wrote about D. Anthony. All right, D. <clears throat> Lopez Richards in the top left. Uh, so they're going to be uh, your number one seed coming into this one. Just kind of working my way down. Poitras Hunter, Jones Purser, nope. Cobb, Cobb Costanza, nah. Harvey Graven, no. Finally, we get to – so they're going to run that first quadrant. Lopez Richards, there's no reason they shouldn't cruise all the way through to meet up with a Windsor Hicks uh, out of the bottom corner or a Harbaugh Morellis, and this is Morellis, you know, stepping up his game with Harbaugh individually, I think they're doing really, really well this season, getting it going together and finding that bag that works for the both of them uh, is going to be the difference. Um, but hey, what about Windsor? What about Hicks having a second shot at TV with Windsor to kind of run that one back and redeem himself? But to go through Lopez and Richards, uh, it's going to be all about Lopez. Um, he's kind of been doing this in in doubles this season. We know where Richards' game is going to be. I think the difference is going to be him, but it's going to be tough to say that um, that Richards and Lopez do not come out of the right side. Other side, your number two seed, Malone and Humans. They've been consistent all season. Who's going to challenge them? The Sesueta brothers have shown uh, some elite level play. They're going to need to do that again. I don't see anyone challenging them in the top quadrant. The Kufi, they have moments of, of, of glory and then not so much. So it's what version of them do you get? I think that's the same thing you can say about the Sasueta brothers. Zockline Halbert, they're too up and down for me. You know, what are we going to get out of them to say they're going to take the right side of the bracket? I don't feel comfortable saying that. Um, uh, Bernicet King, nah, not going to happen. I mean, hey, a great team. They, could they could they come out and win some games? Absolutely. But I think that this is Malone and human side versus Lopez Richards. What do you think, Trey? Hold on. The right side is brothers, brothers, brothers. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are the chances? Anyways, uh, go on, Craig. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is like, if you don't want Mark Richards to win, you better become a Kyle Malone and Jimmy Humans fan. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, this feels like the clearest path for any of the one seeds, in my opinion. Yeah. But, I mean, Windsor and Hicks, uh, yes, Hicks can be great. But we can get what happened on TV as well. I'm not going to get that from Mark Richards. Hell, I'm not going to get that from Philip Lopez. I may get a 9.0 PPR out of Lopez, but I'm not going to get a 6, right? You know what I'm saying? I just – I don't know. I feel like, the, you know, Malones and Humans can legitimately win this bracket. But otherwise, it feels like Lopez Richards – I mean, maybe I throw in Zockline Halbert. Yep. Moving into singles, bracket play is going to be Friday, August 4th at 10 a.m. Eastern ACL Cornhole TV. And then the semifinals and finals will be Sunday the 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. That's regular ESPN, Trey? Yes. Regular ESPN. Okay. And then uh, let's go into the brackets, singles, bracket A. What you got, Trey? If you don't like Mark Richards winning, you don't want to look at these brackets. <laughs> I Look, I will read everybody in his entire quadrant, not even his eighth, his quadrant. Richards, Tennyson, Finley, Hoffman, Segura, Rozier, Collins, Trevor Kufis, Odom, Josh Holland, Tucker, Stranger, Cassidy, Brett Guy, Selmeyer. Uh, who's who's going to get in his way? Nobody. I mean – Maybe that Josh Holland just figures it out for the first time this year and gets back to 2021 or sorry, 2022 Holland 
I would be worried about, right? But not 2023 Holland. Now, if we go down to the bottom left section, Logan Chamberlain's there. Steven Bernaset is there. Uh, Duncan Clemmer, Matt Guy, they're down there. But by that time, Richards is cruising. He's a he's asleep at the wheel, driving all the way through to his his bracket semifinal, right? So, I think can someone challenge him? Absolutely, but it's got to be there. Um, so those are those are the heavy hitters on the left side. If I look at the right side. Again, I think in a way he also got somewhat of a break on his two seed. His two seed's Alan Rawls. I mean, again, we've talked we've talked this to death about Alan Rawls, but stylistically, I don't like Alan Rawls against Mark Richards. Where where Alan Rawls succeeds is timely slide shots and airmails and methodically breaking down his opponents based on his pace. You're not hey. gonna do that against Mark Richards at all. According to his pro peers, Alan Rawls isn't even that good. <laughs> that's I mean, what they say i'm like wait a minute the dude is is number eight in the world i think it's eight in the world after all of the nationals i think he's good he now, must be on the right yeah now on the right side do i have aj sims trey birchfield jamie graham who you just talked about is fixing his his throw kyle malone like eric davis all incredible names but i'm on the opposite side of the bracket Mark Richards is going to expect to play an elite level player in the King seat if he makes it there. 100% absolutely. But the, to get there, I think he's got a very favorable path. I mean, yes, can a Malone come out and take this whole thing? Absolutely. Can Jamie Graham bounce back? Absolutely. But you got to beat Mark Richards twice right now. It's just hard to do. Absolutely. Anthony, anything to add before you get into Braggot B? Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, Logan Chamberlain was a B player coming into the season, in my opinion. He has proved me wrong. This guy's A player all day, and I think he can give Richards a run for his money. He's done it time and time again against the top 10 players, so yeah, he can come out and get it done. Can Bernaset get hot? He has these moments of glory, you know, where he, he's just throwing gas, and then something happens, but can he make a run? Maybe, but you know, it's the consistency that Mark Richards brings that that makes you think like, who who's going to beat him? I don't see anyone beating him out of the left side. Uh, I agree with everything you're saying there, Trey. I'm just giving this a close look. I don't forget Kyle Malone and how hot he came into the season. You know, conference Kyle, he continues to make runs towards the end of brackets. He hasn't quite gotten it done yet in in the um, you know first to 21 format. We saw him come right out and take down a shootout at, at the beginning, but. This dude is an elite level player. I don't, you know, his ranking is kind of confusing to me how he's not a top 10 player. But yeah, I'd have to agree. This is, uh, you know, this is all about uh, Mark Richards. Bracket B. Alex B is Rollins. brutal. B for brutal? Okay. B for brutal. That sucks. That sucks for Alex Rawls. <clears throat> Alex at the one seed, Caleb at the two seed. Um, Alex Rawls, again, we just. This guy time and time again proves himself as a top two, three player in the league, but somehow we just we just don't talk about him that much. I don't know why. He just has this game that isn't flashy. Um, it just he just kind of gets it done. You know, if he needs to put a block game into play, speed control, win with a nine four, he does. If he needs to run bags and, and shoot a bunch of airmail, he can do that as well. Roll when he needs to. The guy is a top three player in the world. Um, I don't know why we just don't don't give him, uh, you know, just don't give him more more props and more discussions. But going down that one, 
Nico Morellas can get hot, but I just don't see that happening. Ethan Walker, I, I'm a more and more impressed with this this kid's game. The more that I uh, watch it, I got to throw him with him quite a bit at one of the one of the shootouts, just messing around. This dude's bags are insane. Trey, you would absolutely love these things. They play like a one speed, and I'm not lying when I say they play like a one. They're a one, and this kid just wings them in. And, and gets him to do what he needs to. Uh, the, the kid is extremely talented, and he's shown that he can beat the best. He had a shootout where he ran through like two or three top ten players and just couldn't get it done at the end. But he's he's a guy that could surprise us all. But does he do it at a national and go through an Alex Rawls? I can't say that that's going to happen. What do you think, Trey? Look, this bracket, let's just go through a real quick couple seeds. One, Alex Rawls. Two, Caleb Batson. Three, Fisher Hamilton. Four, Ryan Windsor, oh, not uh, getting a little bit of a break there, I guess. Five, Derek Holland. Six, Ian Cripps. Seven, Gavin Cano. Ten, Cody Henderson. This is stupid. This bracket is <laughs> stupid. Brutal. There was one more I had. Any Isidro Herrera is your 14 seed. My bad. Tanner Halbert is your 22 seed. What? <laughs> This is, this is absolutely outrageous. Uh, oh, throw in a Bella Soprenin if she's able to make it. She's your 61 seed. Uh, Ethan Walker's your eight seed. Nico, yeah, I'm done. Uh, get me I've out of never bracket, seen dude. a I've never seen a Worlds event where Tanner Halbert didn't show up. He could suck all season, and then you get to Worlds and watch him make his way to a bracket final. <laughs> yep. So that's that's the brutal one. Uh, why don't you take us through C, Trey? I'll try to go quickly here. Tony Smith is your one seed. Jackson Gore, if he plays well, he did last year at Worlds. Watch out for him. Could give him some trouble early. Uh, other than that, Eddie Grindersleeve would give him winner's quarterfinal trouble, maybe, possibly. Uh, Nick Williams hasn't been throwing bad. I don't think he's Tony Smith level, but he could pose an effort. I don't know which Alex Hicks I'll get. If I get the good one, he could. If I don't, Tony Smith continues to cruise. Looking through this, Matthew Cree Killer could pose issues. Cree Killer, we know, can throw at a really high level in that bottom left-hand section. In the top right, though, Devin Harbaugh. How many good battles have we had Harbaugh versus Smith? Really excited to see that. Joe Neistat needs a bounce back badly. We'll see if he can get back on the writing ship. I do really, really like Joe Neistat's path in the bottom right-hand section of the bracket, though. Maybe Jordan Power sneaks up on him, but I think this gives Neistat momentum. Anthony, can you take us through D? We're short on time. Yep, D. Number one is Justin Burton Jr., uh, our national number one singles champ. Other side, number two, taking that side uh, in the uh, in the ranking, Jacob Jake Gore. Um, two tough players, kind of going down Burton Jr.'s side. What does he have to deal with? Again, we talk about Chris Kingsbury. He plays really well in both doubles and singles. He would need to bring his good stuff to get through a Justin Burton Jr. Modlin, I just don't know what I'm going to get out of that. You could get an 11-8 out of this guy uh, in a match, and then sometimes you take 17th. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Definitely trying to work uh, that new all-cornhole bag, and he seems to be liking the 3.0 speed. Again, those are the ones where you have different size um, patches to kind of work different speeds. He seems to like those 3.0s, so that might be working for him. You got Bubenheim, his partner, also on the left side. Jacob Trzinski is going to be your four seed. So that's your your two highest seeds on the left side. Burton Jr. and Jacob Trzinski. He's been playing out of his mind right now. Um, I think that he is going to be – that would be a – to me, Burton Jr. versus right now, Jacob Trzinski could be a coin flip. 
who else could give him trouble on the on the left side? I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing. It. I got Damon Dennis there down there at the bottom, but against that type of play, a Burton Jr. and a Jacob Trzinski type of play, I just don't see Damon Dennis coming out of that bottom side. Who's Jacob Jake Gore going to have to deal with? No, Wooten's been throwing well. I, I just see, you know, Jake has just been better. I think that he gets that one. Chad Hunt's been playing good, but not going to happen. Jay Rubin in singles. Now this one. This one is interesting, especially if we go back to the last shootout. This dude balled out. I think he was the top in stats in both singles and doubles for the whole weekend. If he brings that Jay Rubin level of play that he did that weekend, I think he could give this side a run for his money, and he'd be coming out of the 10 seed. So that would be that would be a pretty good run for him. Hunter Thorne, of course, been playing all good all year. He's going to be the second best seed in the right side to challenge Jacob Gore. Who could challenge him out of the bottom Philip Lopez in singles, nope. Jeremiah Hector, nope. Uh, he's throwing really well, but nah. J uh, Jimmy McGuffin, his airmail is going to have to be perfect to take him down. I, I think Hunter Thorne has a really good uh, a run on his bottom quadrant. Hunter Thorne versus Jacob Gore or Jay Rubin. I don't know. What do you think, Trey? That That's tough. We, yeah, we don't I, get to I, that. I We're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. We could talk about these for hours. I'm just saying we're trying to squeeze yes. through these, but we could really break these things down. Well, that's what the bracket breakdown is for. Um, so definitely mm -hmm. tune in to you know those shows for the more detailed view of those. Uh, but let's get into our hot takes. What you got, Trey? Real quick, I did singles a couple of weeks ago. Smith versus Richards in the final doubles final. Tony Smith and Jacob Trzinski versus Jackson and Jacob Gore. Ooh, okay, 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 okay. Anthony, what you got? I'm going to go with our women's shootout singles champ. I can't get out of my mind. Uh, a lady who threw an 11.3 in the final 37 out of 40 bags in the, in the whole 70% four baggers. I'm going to say Samantha Finley is your 2023. She's going to break champion. through. Okay. I'm going with Logan Chamberlain and Chad Ochocinco for the upset. <gasps> okay. Wow. That's the Ocho hottest one. Ocho Cinco has a will to win like I've never seen before. So it's going to be tough to take him down. All right. That's all we got time for. We'll see you guys all uh, at the big event next week. And uh, definitely get your tickets before they sell out. Thanks so much for joining us.